Hello and welcome to Hit the Bricks. Everything that's interesting about Guthrie, Oklahoma. I'm Chris Evans. This is Justin Fortney. Hi. First installment. This is super scary. <laughs> it is. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> we should just sit here and like look at our phones the entire time. Yeah, I, well, we're on now. Right, we so actually are. It's, yeah, it's, this is where the cliff dive begins. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so on our first episode, we have a very special guest, uh, Mike Williams. Hello. Uh, works over at the Oklahoma Territorial Museum. Is that the official name? The Oklahoma Territorial Museum and Historic Carnegie Library. Oh, I'm so glad we got that right. Yeah, yeah it's a long name. It's a long name. Mike, tell us what you do over there at the museum. Well, I'm, I'm one of the curators at the museum. We've got two of them. Erin uh, Brown, she's, she should be watching right now. Hi, so we'll, we'll, we'll you know say hi to her. Which is weird because I usually watch her when she does the HP That's piece. right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. Yeah. She's, she's on that HP board. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. She's she is the whip cracker, yeah. I think. And uh, but hey, that's cool. That is cool. <laughs> so, what does the curator do? Well, we collect, preserve, and share. Kind of, you know, kind of in simple terms. Um, you know, we take in in the things that are in our collection. We, you know, work to make sure that you know future generations have access to those those collections and you know, are able to study and look and see what, what life was like at, you know, the beginning of Guthrie and the beginning of the state. Um, and then, you know, we share this information. You know, we, we dig deep into the things that people give us and we, we try to figure out where they came from, who they belong to, what's their place in, in the story of, of us, you know. So, yeah, it's a, speaking it's of, a big job. Yeah, speaking of the story of us, um, Tell us why the Elmer McCurdy story is the greatest story of all time. I tell, I tell this story to a lot of folks, but I make up like half of it because, well, I, because yeah. I'm not a curator and I'm not a yes. historian, so it doesn't matter yes. whether I lie or not. Yes. Um, and these are all, I've seen the series on TV, so are, I mean, is TV do, do a good job of portraying it? Ah! Yeah, see, that's if they I talk thought. to that's me, <laughs> if they talk to me, they're doing a good job. Yeah. If they're not talking to me, then then they're probably telling stuff that's just made up. Yeah. Okay, so give so. us the real story about Elmer McCurdy. Well, the real story, Elmer McCurdy, is a, he was a bank robber, train robber, um, you know, all-around bad guy. And uh, he he gets killed after they, they'd robbed a train. Up. It happens. It happens, um, yeah. Um, you, know, and you, were, you know, you walk that wrong side of the law, and guess what? You, you know, you might end up dead. So, <laughs> so what happens to him? So you know, pay attention, kids. Yes, yes, yes. Do do not follow in his right. footsteps. Um, but anyway, they rob a train, they take off. Posse comes after them. They end up in a gunfight in a in a in a barn. You know, he's he's kind of you know sleeping off a drunk up in oh. the up in this barn, and the yeah, posse so many, shows so many bad up. Habits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> posse shows up. He gets shot and he's killed. They take him to Pahuska. Because that was the you know closest town to him, and they take him there. He gets embalmed. Nobody will pay to to bury him. The county won't you know fork over the money for the embalming or anything like that. So he sits in a back room, and he you know over the course of a couple of years he mummifies, and everybody finds out that there's this mummy at the uh, at the funeral home. So they go and see him. The guy's like, well, you know, I could probably make a dollar, you know, dollar off of this. So he starts charging people. And... He's still over in Paul Huska at this point. Right? Yeah, he's okay. still in Paul Huska at okay. this point. So he's there for about five years, and um, 
and then all of a sudden a couple guys show up and they 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 tell him that hey that's her brother you know mama's back in california and she wants him to come be buried next to her because she all, just passed away that's you know? awkward yeah and so yeah. the guy's like well you know i hope i how you know i don't i don't know how i'm supposed to give him to you guys you know you're just telling me a story so they go to the to the courthouse and get the get the uh, county attorney to you know swear out a uh, a statement that you know this is our brother and you know they brought it back and he's like well, okay i have no choice and he gives it to him and a couple weeks later he's in a in a sideshow in amarillo and he spent the next 65 years in sideshows and circuses yeah, movies. So his brothers took him, sold him nah, to the they weren't show? his brothers. Oh, yeah. They were just, <laughs> they were just, uh, they were carnies. Yeah. There we go. Uh, carnies took him, you know. So he goes off and he, you know, becomes this traveling mummy. Typical carny ruse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tell him it's your brother. You can do yeah. anything you want. Yeah. So anyway, he's, he spends, like I said, 65 years doing this. And, uh, you know, has this, this long career. He's in a couple movies. Um, Narcotic. Look it up on YouTube. Okay. He's a, uh, he's an opium fiend. I'm going to IMDB that. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if he's got his own, he's got his own page. Maybe we should start him one. That'd be great. I know. Yeah. Okay. Note yeah. yourself. So anyway, um, he's in a, they're gonna. They're doing this episode of the show, The Six Million Dollar Man. I loved okay? that show when I was a kid. And and it was called the episode was Carnival of Spies. And so they're 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 shooting it at this uh, um, the New Pike Amusement Park, and it's in Long Beach, California. So the crew's inside of the fun house, you know, and they're you know trying to set up the shots and everything. One of the guys knocks off the arm off of this mummy that's hanging from a noose. It's red, you know, it's painted red. And um, he goes and he's going to like tape it back on and then he starts looking at it. He's like, huh, that looks like a bone. So, you know, he gets with some of his buddies. It's like, is that a bone? You guys think that's a bone? And so they go over and they look at this, they look at this body, this red body that's hanging from a noose. And, um, you know, they start really looking close at it, you know, and it's painted red and and it ha doesn't have any clothes on. And they keep looking at it close. And then finally they're like, oh, yeah, that's a guy. That's, huh. that's a human. That's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so anyway they, call the, uh, they call the coroner. The coroner gets, you know, comes and gets him. They take him in. They're going to do an autopsy. And they realize he'd already been autopsied. He has this, you know, Y incision mm. from, mm -hmm. a, from an autopsy. And they're like, oh, what's going on with this? And... Um, so they, they do it. They do the autopsy. They get in there, and they find what's called a gas check, all right? It's a copper jacket that goes around a lead bullet, all right, and which, you know, makes it grab the, the rifling in the barrel so that it'll, it'll spin straighter. And so if it spins straighter, it'll go further, and it's more accurate, okay? These come out in 1905. This when you first start seeing gas checks on, you know, on bullets and then they, they were testing the body and they found all this arsenic in it and they're like oh he was embalmed with with arsenic and so they knew because they stopped using arsenic in 1930 so they knew they had a 1905 hmm. to 1930 this stuff goes kind of goes out over the wire and um some people are are here at the at the news leader the guthrie leader right the uh the editor 
and God, his name escapes me right now. <sighs> Hate that. But anyway, the 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 editor of the the news leader is in his office, and Fred Olds, which was the first director of our museum, was there, and also a guy named Glenn Shirley. And Glenn Shirley was a uh, um, historian, and he wrote about. Oklahoma outlaws and lawmen and, you know, all this. And so, you know, he's reading this story, uh, Bill Lehman, that's who it was. Hmm. He's, he's reading off this, like, what do you guys think about this mummy? And so Glenn Shirley's like, yeah, I know who that is. And he tells him, he says, this guy named Elmer McCurdy, he's like, I got a whole file on him. I know all this whole story. And um, That's handy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, they kind of they rile Fred up about it, saying that, you know, Somebody needs to get this guy because it's in California, so they're probably just going to burn him and, you know, dump him in the sea. You know, so he's like, okay, yeah, we're going to do something. So he calls. He gets on the phone and he calls the L.A. County coroner telling him that he wants the body. He wants to bring it back to Guthrie to have it buried. And so all this stuff about, you know, how are you going to prove this? How do we know this is true? You know, and, and so they, they kind of laid out this this whole series of, of reasons why it's him. They call a guy, um, his name's Clyde Snow, and he used to work for the FAA in Oklahoma City, but he's he's one of the people that started forensic anthropology. Mm-hmm. Okay, he, he got that started as a, as a field of study. And um, he developed this way to identify known people, and it was called uh, um, photo superimposition. Where he would, he would, yeah, he would, he would send, he would send, <laughs> he, he'd get a photo Did you just of no, make that up right now? Yeah, yeah. He, we'll he would, never know. Right? Yeah. He would, um, he would get a photo of a known person and then project it up onto a skull that they thought was this person. And by the markers on the face and the bones, he could, you know, identify the people. Well, they had they had photos of of Elmer because of um, what was known as the Bertillon system, and this is where mugshots come come from. This was before fingerprinting, and so they had all this kind of information on him because they would they would uh, measure your measure your fingers, they'd measure the length of your arm bones, they'd measure your skull, your ears, all of these things. So they had these these detailed measurements of this man's body from him going to prison, and um, so yeah, they were able to make this this uh, identification that it was him, and California was like, "Well, okay, yeah, you guys can have him, but you know, you have to bury him. You know, you can't, you know, make a sideshow attraction of him anymore. He's got to be, he's got to be buried." So, in uh, 1977, uh, 89ers Day for the parade, they had a funeral procession, and they they had a horse drawn hearse. They had they had people on horseback. Um, I think it was the the marshal of Osage County was the leader of the of the procession, and he was on horseback, and he had a uh, had a shotgun, and all these guys are dressed like cowboys with their guns on, and they they bury him in a pine box. That's the creepiest like um, parade yeah. thing I've ever heard of a funeral. That's and that awesome. was here. Yeah. That was here in Guthrie. We should do that every year. <laughs> <laughs> We need to find some more outlaws, don't right. we? <laughs> or just 
like recreate the Elmer McCurdy funeral every year? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it'd be kind of cool, yeah. actually. And um, so they buried they buried him here in Guthrie. Yeah, some of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, he's out buried like next to Bill Doolin. And there's a sign I think out there. I think I saw a sign. There's a, yeah, a sign that leads you to Boot yeah. Hill. Yeah yeah, 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 Boot Hill. I I, I get it. I laugh so much about Boot Hill because when you get out of there, it's more like Boot Gully. <laughs> it's it not up on the hill. <laughs> somebody told me that the, where he's buried was in like they they buried him in a bunch of concrete. Is ah, that that's true? that's or the no? story. You know, it's it's I've heard multiple versions of this. Um, one is the the sheriff at the time, uh, or maybe he was the chief of police. I don't remember exactly which one, but it's named Leroy Sears. Um, put concrete in the uh, in the hole. That was one story that why so that nobody would come and dig him up. You know that was the, the thing. show must end. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we're not going to let this guy go out and you know be exploited like that any longer. You know, so they they dumped. I mean, they're very specific in the fact that they dumped three yards of concrete into this hole. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so some people say it's him. Um, when I talked to Clyde Snow, he said it was the uh, um, it was a guy from the state that did it. And so it's like, huh, which one is it? Mm-hmm. Is it is it the Guthrie hearsay story that it was Leroy Sears, or is it the you know guy that identified the body and had more to do with the burial than anybody else that I've talked to saying that it was you know a guy from the the state health department that did it, you know, because they actually released the body to the state. Not to Guthrie. Okay. You know, and I'm so. totally okay with going with the most exciting story possible. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. that's the thing. And that's the thing that we, <laughs> we fight with all the time is that, is that people love the myth stories. Yes. You Speaking know. of myths, Chris and I get really angry about how Oklahoma City stole the state seal from Guthrie. So um, yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. talking about how we're angry about that. They've taken several things. Yeah, but that's near the top. Yeah, tell us why we shouldn't be angry at Oklahoma City. Well, for one, there was an election. There was a vote of the people. Democracy ruins everything. Yeah, Yeah, every time. Every time it gets worse. Yeah, yeah. Every time, (laughs) you know, it's it's. uh, Well, you know, there was a contract or. now, no. What it was? <laughs> I, I, I should just bring my hammer yeah. and just start like beating y'all's uh, theories down here. No. Um, what happens is, is when the enabling act to create the state, there had to be an election for where the site of the state capital would be. Okay, and um, it had to happen by 1913. Okay, that was it. Um, so everybody assumed that it would be in 1913, all right? Um, so Guthrie, at the time, was a very Republican city, all right? Uh, I think things have changed. That's, that's <laughs> the show after us. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So anyway, at the time, you know, it was a very Republican city. A lot of these people that were living here were, were from the Midwest, and from the the northern Great Plains, okay? Um, When Oklahoma becomes a state, you bring in all these people that that are living in eastern Oklahoma and southern Oklahoma that were from the south. And so once once statehood comes along, the Republicans are totally outnumbered. 
And so when we start having elections, uh, you know, who gets elected governor? Charles Haskell. Is he a Republican? No, he's not. But he comes to Guthrie because this is the capital. You know, it's the territorial capital, so it transitions into the state capital. And um, um, Frank Greer, the guy that ran the, the state capital publishing newspaper, um, he hated him. They, they hated each other. You know, think about it. Republicans, Democrats, mm -hmm. didn't like each other. And so, so Frank Greer just roasted him on a daily basis in his newspaper. Because, you know, this is the mouth of the, of the Republican Party in the state. Super handy that he had his own newspaper you know, to roast him with. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, that's... that's he had the forum. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's not like newspapers are Democratic uh, <laughs> establishments. You know, sure. they, they kind of have their... They have their political affiliations, whether we think they do or not. You know, the the leader was started by Democrats. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, so what you're saying, we blame the Democrats for for the Capitol not being Guthrie. Well, you probably could. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you probably could do that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. But uh, anyway, yeah. so the story is is that is that Charles Haskell finally is like, I will see you know, grass growing in the streets of Guthrie. We are not going to, this is not going to be the capital of the state. It's not. What a jerk. So he's like, let's have this election. Let's do it now. And so in 1910, he calls for the election. So here, here's who's Because it involved. was too Republican? They wanted it somewhere? Well. I mean, why it, not Guthrie? I, I'll get, I'll come back okay, to that. Okay, right. Thank you. I will come back to that. I need to get, I, I need to get frustrated here. <laughs> that's, that, but that's part of it. It yeah. wasn't Democratic enough. Yeah. You know, it's like the people living here were, um, you know, political appointees from the Republican Party, you know, because, you know, your, your territorial governor and the judges, the judges on the Supreme Court, you know, all of these jobs, the marshal, they were all um, appointments from the president of the United States. So whoever the president was at the time, this is in territorial times, um, he appointed the people that worked, you know, for his campaign and stuff like that, you know, the spoils system and um, graft, you know, those types of things. So everybody's angling for these jobs. Um, when, when David Payne would bring the boomers into the unassigned lands, they were always going to settle down around Oklahoma City. And he saw this area as the, the site of his new Philadelphia, you know, the place where this would be the site of the future, you know, capital of a, of a new state and all this. So, I mean, it was already in their, um, in their rhetoric that Oklahoma City was, was the place. Mm -hmm. You know, Guthrie was a usurper to the boomers, the Democrats, all mm -hmm. of this, you know. And um, even I think the, the first, the, one of the first pieces of legislation for the first territorial legislature was to move the capital from Guthrie to Oklahoma City. And so, Shawnee was in the running, too. Sha Shawnee, when we get to the election in 1910, yeah. Shawnee's in the, in the running. Too anxious. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so, so it's Oklahoma City, Guthrie, and Shawnee. And Oklahoma City gets double the amount of votes as Shawnee and Guthrie put together. Because they had a thunder. It was a landslide. <laughs> well, I think they knew that that was coming. Right. You know, I think, I think they, <laughs> they foresaw the thunder. You know, and so, so they're like, we got to make that. Yeah. It's just, 
just makes sense. Make room for KD. Yeah. yeah. So if we, if we want to hate a specific person, okay. Do we hate Mr. Greer or do we hate Governor Haskell? Ooh, Haskell the could. rascal. You could hate either one. Either one. You could probably hate both of them because they're both in politics. I got, I have all the hate yes. to go around. I can yeah. hate both of them. You can hate both of them. Yeah. I, I say equal opportunity. You right know. On. Yeah. They're they. I think they both played a part in this. Okay. That and you know money and you know party politics and now, sour grapes and. Now the other part. You hear people in Guthrie, the Capitol was at the Temple, the Capitol was at the Logan County Courthouse, the Capitol was at the State Capitol Publishing Museum. Um, my house. Uh, your house down the yes. block. Let, let's dispel the, the State Capitol Publishing Museum yes. as the State Capitol. <laughs> it was a newspaper. Newspaper. And they printed paper work and made textbooks. Printing machines. Yes. It was never, ever... <laughs> The capital building of the state of Oklahoma or the territory. Yeah, catchy so, name though for a newspaper. Though. Well, yeah, you, know, you know, one of the things is is that look at the spelling. How do you, yeah, O-A. how do you spell? How do you spell capital? You know, on there it's it's A L instead of O L. Mm-hmm. You know, O L is the building, and A L is the city. Uh-huh. There's a big yeah, difference. There is a big difference. Yeah. And I always catch myself when I'm, when I'm typing. Oh, oh, did I put over oh, right? Okay, I did it right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast is super educational. Yeah. So see, well, that's, and, well, then you throw in money too. You throw in and money. So that's yeah. another triangle it's, of the mm-hmm. OA. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, and and you know, at the time, at the time, business people or entrepreneurs, you know, that's the that's the word we throw around. At the time, they were capitalists. Mm-hmm. That's what they called themselves. That's what they referred to themselves as. With an A. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, the 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 you know Wall Street Journal. So the, a capitalist with an O would be just someone who just walks around building capital buildings. Ah, Is that what a capitalist? Maybe. Man, I think that's right. I have to watch replay. Okay. Yeah. Could be. Could be. But I don't know. That's, and there's so we're speaking with Michael Williams of the Oklahoma Territory Museum on on hit the bricks. There's so many You're good at this. Oh, I, I, it's my second time. There, <laughs> there, there's so many things, and we'll and we'll talk about how people can hear more stories like this over and over inside the museum. But one of the things I that draws my attention every time I go in there is that big flag. Oh yeah, huge flag. Yeah, yeah. you can't miss it. Can't miss it. Yeah, we've got we've got a wonderful flag there. Um, it was it was. There's a little bit of controversy whether we've got the one that was made in the in the Carnegie Library or if we've got the one that was made in Philadelphia. We think we've got the one that was made here in the library. Um, but there were two of these made, one here and one in Philadelphia. Um, on, on the flag, there's a star that says uh, Oklahoma, July 4th, 1908. Okay, and... and this is one of those, yeah, Justin's got that look of, <laughs> why does it say that? So why does it say that? Do you know? No, I have no idea. Okay. Because when did Oklahoma become I'm state? I'm not a curator, Michael. Yeah. In 07, 1907. So, but this this flag says July 4th, 1908. Well, the reason is, is because whenever we add new states to the Union, we add their stars on the 4th 
Of July. Of July. Hey. There he is. <laughs> I was leading you. I was leading him to the answer. It's like I'm in middle school again. On the 4th of July. Yeah, exactly. The question. Exactly. <laughs> so, so now we're going to get in some really deep into symbolism on this flag. Okay, so where that star, that star that we're talking about, it was put on the flag in Betsy Ross's house. And who's Betsy Ross? Famous person. Okay. And she did. Uh, flag. <laughs> she so yeah. yeah she sewed the first flag. Yeah. Okay, the first United States flag was you know sewed in Betsy Ross's house, and that's where this star was put on. And then they took it to Independence Hall, and they flew it over Independence Hall. What's Independence Hall? They signed things, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. They signed the Declaration of Independence on July fourth, seventeen seventy six. And our flag flew up right over that building, yeah. Heck yeah, you know. Yeah. So here it is. We've got this 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 flag that's filled with all this patriotic symbolism, you know. This flag that that makes us a part of the creation of the United States of America, and it's right here in our museum. They don't have that in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. They don't. Well, until they, they don't. steal it, but you know. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Which maybe we shouldn't start. Maybe we should stop talking about it. Yeah. And so they don't know. Maybe they've forgotten that it's here. Absolutely, uh, Michael. The uh, I, I got a student in junior high and I got a student at Central. So I dropped my kid off at junior high and then I head to Central. Mm-hmm. You know, and every day I drive by the museum and there has been some huge renovations going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, out there, I mean, yeah. the workers have been hot, cold. They've mm-hmm. been through everything. And uh, you see the state vehicles out there, and it's been—it looks wonderful. But just t- talk us through the process of what what happened and how. Well, it- you know, it's this—they the, started building this building in 1902, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, over the course of time, things—you know—things start to, you know, degrade. You know, a lot of the mortar on the bricks was degrading, which, mm-hmm. you know, is is actually the. What it's supposed to do. You it's know, happening to me. I'm 42. Yeah, I'm degrading <laughs> too, but... My mortar is... Is, is... is coming loose. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of it's coming loose, and so we had to have a lot of the, the brickwork repointed. Um, you know, it needed fresh fresh, fresh coat of paint on it. Um, the the limestone steps were... That's what steps... That's what sticks out. Is that's what sticks out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you we would go under it... And on the underneath side, they were totally falling apart. That's know? exactly the junior high renovation. They, mm-hmm. they found the same thing with their steps. Mm-hmm. It was just blown out. It's one of those. It's one of those. You know, you've they've been there for all this time, and you know, like when I came in here, we were making jokes about the the ice melt out in front of the city hall, and um, you know, back for years there was no ice melt. It was it was rock salt. Yep. And so they pour rock salt on you know, to these steps and onto the, the concrete and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, it's melting ice, but it's all absorbing into the limestone because this limestone is still porous, and it's going through, and it's just eating away the bottom parts of it. And um, there were some of the steps that were down to about 20% of their thickness. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they were just in bad shape. And, uh, but, you know, that's just part of it. You know, buildings, you know, we build buildings and you got to do maintenance on yeah. them. And um, Those steps are <clears> mammoth. They are. huge. Steps out front. Yeah. yeah. How much do they weigh a piece, probably? Um, well, you know what? When when I try to pick one up. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, they were coming in with, you know, a crane truck yep. to, to take them off and um, put them into place. So, yeah. you know, these are not... Yeah, these are they're big honking. These steps. are big honking steps. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, so that we did a lot of that stuff. Most of the we've done we've done two separate projects. Um, you know, we did some some leveling projects. We did some um, getting the water to flow away from the building because the foundation of the building is is sandstone, and so we get a lot of seepage. You know, into the the basement and things like that. And you know, um, so we did some work earlier to fix that to where all the you know runoff went away from the building and it didn't pull there and you know seep in um and then they did the others and you know did the painting um we matched the paint <clears throat> to the uh the original color i for a long time it was silver you know but we went back through and we looked at you know the records because we've got all the records from when the building was built so we can go in there and look at the at the paint colors and find out what, you know, what was close. You it's know? like a museum. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's almost. Like, it's like a museum. So you the, know? the total restoration. Any idea how much that cost? Uh, you know, I don't. I really don't. It, it was all capital improvement money from from the state, and so, um, you know, the the actual cost. I don't know, but we it, it did bring a lot of money into this community. Yeah. I mean, it was it was. You know, um, a lot of money was spent, and, um, you know, those guys were here. I think we started at the end of February last year, mm -hmm. and we just we just did the final walkthrough, I think, about three weeks ago. Wow. And so, you know, it was a, it was a long-term project. It and, was. It was kind of cool to watch it progress, though, mm -hmm. uh, over the time. And, like, because I didn't know the exact layout, what they were doing. They just kept doing more and more. And yeah. It really, again, that stone really sticks out. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah, it does it, look it's, good. It's one of those deals, you know, it's historic, so you try to keep it the way it was. But yeah. then you can't do that because then it's just going to go away. Then know, it's just going to go away. So. Well, but with the stone, with the with the steps, um, they, they didn't come from the exact same quarry, mm -hmm. but they actually come from the exact same um, geologic level. Gotcha. And so, so they, the, the contractors actually went and found a, a quarry that was in the same, you know, geologic right. strata and, uh, they did a really good job of matching it up. So, yeah, they did. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it may not be from the same place, but it is the same, same It just looks period. shiny and it just yeah. it looks new. Yeah. I'm sure it's it the same. New. It just looks new. Yeah. It looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, man, this, we, we can go on for like two more hours on this, but we, we talk about Elmer inside there. They talk about the Capitol and the Democrats and Oklahoma City folks mm -hmm. over there. Uh, the flag, the renovation. What's something that uh, people, even here in Guthrie, may, might not know what, what's going on with the, with the uh, museum? Oh, man. I don't know. It's always um, changing. It's always changing. Yeah. yeah, right now we've got a... We've got an exhibit that's on women's suffrage, okay? Yes, I did say woman's suffrage, not women's, because that's what it is. A-E. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so it's on women's suffrage because this past November was the 100th anniversary of women getting the right to vote in Oklahoma, okay? So... That's not that long ago, no. but still, you know, it was the 100th anniversary, so we, we kicked off this deal with the, the Oklahoma Historical Society where ours is the first exhibit. And um, we did it based on um, The Wizard of Oz, the book, not the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most people have seen the book, seen the movie, but... Very few people have read the book, but uh, Frank Baum. Yeah, right. 
and um, it was written as a uh, as a, a political allegory about bimetallism. Okay, and that old thing. That old thing, bimetallism, and what by, what bimetallism is is a uh, economic standard that's based on gold and silver. You know, so the dollar would be based on gold and silver as opposed to the gold standard where it was only, you know, they only used gold. Um, but bimetallism, it was thought by people in the West that if we used silver, there would be more money available because there wasn't a whole lot of money out here on the plains. And, um, you know, people needed it. They were They were land rich but cash poor. I mean, you know. That never changes, does it? And, um, you know, when I say bimetallism, it would be that a, a pound of silver is equal to an ounce of gold. So, you know, a, a 16 to 1 ratio. All right, so one pound of silver equals one pound of gold. So you take a pound of silver to the, to the mint, they're going to give you whatever the value of, you know, of it was. You know, however they determine that. So... You know what's gold now? Thousand dollars an ounce or something? You know yeah. somewhere north of that. Well, then a, a pound of silver would be of the same value as that ounce of gold. Okay. Anyway, so there's this complicated system of of money, and all of these all of these uh, characters within the story actually were real people or a representation of a class of people. So I'm not going to give it all away. You can just come okay. down and take yeah. a look at yeah. it. So yeah. you go, now that exhibit is throughout the Carnegie, right? So yes. You can walk mm -hmm. around, see different right, right, right. stations mm -hmm. or yep. the different words of them stations, but yeah, that is. yeah, yep. different uh, different panels. We tell yeah. it all throughout the you know the Carnegie Library. We explain who all of the people are. You know, we tell you who the witches are, and we tell you who Dorothy is, and we tell you who the cowardly lion is. Is the lollipop guild in there? No, it's not. Yeah, no, we left that one out. So the the Wizard of Oz was just Frank Baum trolling all these people that he hated. That's fantastic. Somewhat, sort of, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could, you could you could say it like that. Right. Surely yeah. the movie's better than the book, right? Well, it depends. You got to read the book. I love the you movie. Know, the movie's love awesome. The, movie. the movie's awesome. I will. I will throw a spoiler at you though. This might. This might upset <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, the ruby slippers. Yeah. That's just in the in the movie. That'll in be our show book. this week. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> in in the book, they're silver. And huh. think about think about this. She's got silver right. shoes. You got it already, yeah, don't you? Yeah. She's got silver shoes, and they're walking on the gold. Yellow brick, brick road. road. Uh -huh. Oh man! <laughs> but red makes the color pop. It, yeah, Technicolor. Technicolor. Yeah, 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 exactly. This was mm -hmm. more about advances in because that was the transition. From exactly. Black and white to That's go, right. So yeah, so they wanted something that would pop, pop, and yeah. sparkle. Yeah. So ruby slippers. Huh. Cool stuff. I mean, there's hours and hours of stuff. Okay, so yes. how, how hours and how? What's the process? Go in there and get. Get a tour. We, you can do it on your own. Yeah, it's pretty much self-guided. Yeah, you know, you can you can do self-guided. We do tours. You know, we do tours, but you know, you got to give us some advance notice. Yep. Um, since it takes so much time to do a tour, um, you know, we we want there to be at least ten people. Because you know, if you want to come and do a, a guided tour and it's just you, I'm charging you for ten people. You know, because it's 
it's well worth it. Sure. Yeah. Yep. You know. Days and times. We're we're open uh, Tuesday through Saturday, nine to five, and our last entrance is at four thirty because that's about the minimum amount of time that you could spend sure. in there. And you guys have kids throughout the state go to that museum all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Number one question fourth and fifth graders ask. Uh, where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the you know, when do, when do we get to go to the gift shop? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Those things. I, you know, it's it, it used to, when I first started, um, they taught the land run in the fourth grade. Yep. And like maybe two years, I was there two years, they changed it to the third grade. And so, you know, here we've got this extremely complex story of, of how this land went from, you know, public property to private property. And we try to explain it to third graders. Mm. Attention span. So, yeah, attention span. and Lights, you? How do you, (laughs) yeah, how do you simplify this story to the point where... That was me, not a third grader. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how do you simplify this to the point where third graders understand it? So so now we get a lot of people, um, adults, that come in and they have all these misconceptions about the land run. And, you know, Sooners. Who are Sooners? You know, the answer we get from people is... Seventh place in the Big 12 basketball standings. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, we get cheaters. Yeah, Yeah. cheaters. Cheaters. They're cheaters. Jump the gun. It's like, well, who are the boomers? And they're like, well, those are the people that waited for the cannon to go off. It's like, oh, okay. Where's this (laughs) cannon? We're talking too many that's a, acres. That's a wild, that's a big a old cannon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's, it's, you know, do we need to put more emphasis on teaching this to older kids? I think so. Yeah. Because it's, a, it's an extremely, like I said, complex story. And I think it's beyond third grade. I know it was required when I was in high school. Many moons ago. Yeah, I'll, but I'll you know, they, they, I think they spend more time on um, Indian removal. Yeah. And tribal issues once you get into um, yeah. into high school. I love my Oklahoma so, history class. That, that was fun. I remember it well. Mm-hmm. So, well, thanks for being here and That's, educating oh, yeah, no podcast yeah. yeah, today. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. Right on. So uh, we're going to talk about some upcoming current events. Yeah, kind of stuff, uh, you know, you know, this show's hit the bricks, right? and obviously, some you know, everyone in Guthrie and around the state knows that the devastating fires in downtown. Uh, building in, in Byron Burline's uh, Double Stop Fill Shop and mm-hmm. Furrow's Flowers and Gifts. Uh, tough thing to watch, but good news is the initial report is they're going to be hopefully be able to be rebuildable. You know what that looks like, we have no idea, but that is good news. I mean, when you mm-hmm. when you're watching it burn, you're just worst case mm-hmm. scenario. That, you know, we've always heard about these fires in the past and empty lots in downtown. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the good news is, you know, that's there and. And uh, community churches opened up for Byron to continue his shows that yeah, he always so had on the second floor. That's really cool that uh, he's going to keep playing music. He's going to keep playing music yeah. really soon. So when, when's he going to be playing next? It's going to be a community church, uh, Byron Burnley Community Church, uh, 7.30, uh, $12.50 at the door. And uh, I think this the door's Saturday. This Saturday, yeah. yeah. This Saturday, and the door's open at uh, 6.30. Six thirty and twelve fifty for uh, a show of that caliber is kind of oh, ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, and I think they are going to be able to take like you know uh, cash cards that kind of stuff at the door. Yep. So, um, but yeah, get there early to make sure you get a seat, to a general admission type deal. So, and I think it'll be um, a pretty cool, pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah, I think it'd be fantastic just yeah. to, for a sellout crowd mm-hmm. there at Community Church, which is down on I thirty five at like Seward. Uh, Seward. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, another show that was going to be happening there at the, uh, the Double Stop uh, Music Hall next Tuesday was uh, a group called Open the Door for Three. It's like Irish music, um, and they are also going to be doing their show there at the Community Church. Community Church has been super generous at opening their doors for some stuff. But um, and the tickets for the um, that show, Open the Door for Three, is going to those are twenty bucks at the door, and that's also a seven thirty. Um, showtime. Uh, I'm not sure about oh, the, what time the door is open for that, but I would imagine it's somewhere in the 6.30, uh, 7 o'clock range. So that's also there at Community Church. So fantastic. Um, Irish music, open the door for three. Another cool thing going on, of course, everyone got their nose about the Tipsy Artists, but uh, this Saturday, Tipsy Artists Paint Party. Uh, VIP packages are available now. Of course, you go to tipsyartists.com, and she is a big deal, not only here in Guthrie, but she goes around the state. But she has a VIP party this Saturday night, uh, March 9th, and uh, I think everybody has gone through it a couple of times, but it just um, she keeps adding more and more to it, so be sure to stop it. Tipsyartist.com. Yeah. That VIP package includes, I think, you get extra wine or something like that. You get to like get super, super wined up. Yeah. It becomes like a Jackson Pollock kind of paint party. And they got the, the loft upstairs. The, the Atomic the, loft. Atomic loft. Yeah, deal. that's a cool yeah, place too. For sure. Um, some more music coming up. Uh, let's see. Uh, on the 15th of March, uh, Jim Garling, Cowboy Jim, is going to be playing music there at Hoboken uh, Coffee Shop at 10 o'clock in the morning. So if you're not a night owl, uh, you don't you go out in the evenings for late music uh, uh, enjoyment. You can also catch uh, some music in the morning. So that uh, Friday, uh, Jim Garland, Hoboken Coffee Shop. It's a free show. So you can go there and catch some free music. But make sure you tip your bar, barista, barista and tip your musician that morning. It's pretty fantastic to have some good coffee and good music from Mr. Garling. Um, and the last thing coming up, this is a little bit uh, down the road, uh, but... The Pollard just finished a show, Pollard Theater, uh, almost Maine. It was fantastic. But uh, what show do they have coming up in April? The Beehive. Beehive, the musical. Um, and that's going to include um, some kind of classic uh, uh, songs from the 60s uh, sung by uh, some folks who are going to be portraying some of the classic female artists of the 1960s. So a lot of those favorite uh, favorite tunes that you love from you know Aretha Franklin and Janis Joplin cool. and th that kind of stuff. But you can go to thepollard.org. Pollard.org, and the show starts April 12th. April 12th, and you can go ahead and buy your tickets now from the Pollard. So, Very cool. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, it's been great. It's amazing when you do these how time flies by. We can still talk to this guy for another two right. hours if we wanted to. Uh, yeah, we have a regular know. story time. With yeah. Mike. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, man, we appreciate everyone tuning in for the first time and checking us out. We hope to hope they renew our contract and we're back next week. But uh, yeah. always a big thank you to Aaron behind the scenes, producing all this good stuff, mm -hmm. uh, helping us out. Of course, Michael uh, Williams with the Oklahoma Territorial Museum. Uh, appreciate him taking some time out today. Oh, yeah, and, no of problem. course, uh, my good friend, Justin Fortney. Thank you, Yeah, I'm Chris Evans. We'll talk to you next time when we hit the bricks. Coming home, coming